Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Over to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March thirtieth, twenty fifteen. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter Five, Page sixty five the first paragraph that starts on our grudge list. Today, re- today's readers are the 12 Steps, Nancy S., 12 Traditions, Amy W., and our readers for today are Sharon, R.S., Du, L., and Susie K. Our share code for yesterday, Sunday, March 29th, 2015, our special edition presentation on Rocketed to the Fourth Dimension is 7432. That's 7432. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, public movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the steps. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do this service, and I'll pass. Well, thank you, Nancy. I will now ask Amy W. to please read the 12 Traditions. Uh, Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. Amy W., compulsive overeater from New York, uh, from, sorry, from California. Um, The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Amy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 65. The very first paragraph, beginning with on our grudge list. I will now ask Sharon R.S. to begin reading. Star one to unmute, Sharon. Good morning, Janice, and good morning, uh, 
fellow visionaries. This is Sharon R.S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. On our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambition, our personal or sex relations, which have been interfered with? So we're looking at uh, this table here, and and, uh, Bill has an example. And we've already been told that we've listed our resentments down the uh, left-hand column. We've just listed them. We've gone through every uh, thing, uh, injury, uh, principle, anything that has disturbed us. We had put that down and uh, just made a list, just, uh, we're, we're doing our inventory, we're cleaning house, we're looking at the stock. Uh, what, what do we have? What are we holding on to? Because we recognize that uh, these are considered, these are what's disturbing us. We didn't realize it. Uh, for instance, when I came to my fourth step, I had to be shaken up a little bit to even see that I had resentment. I didn't even realize I was holding on to all of this and it was causing disturbances and challenges in my life. And so we've just listed them. We haven't done anything with it. Now in this paragraph, they're telling us what to do with that list. What we do is right next to the list, we put down what it was, what was that grudge, just in a few words, what was it that disturbed us? And, and, uh, and then we go to the next column, the third column, and we look at what areas in our lives uh, was uh, what instinct. And there's three basic instincts. We have the uh, need for companionship, which is our social uh, instinct. We have a need for security, uh, both material and emotional, and we have uh, a sex drive need. And we we look at what specific areas were affected. So we're teasing it out so that it's not just a big blob. We're teasing it out so that we can go in there and uncover what areas uh, were giving us problems. And so it's these instincts. We have a natural drive for Uh, these relationships, we have a natural drive for sex, we have a natural drive for security. These are natural and good. But what we did as compulsive overeaters is that we we abused it. We used it uh, for selfish gains. We were trying to take care of ourselves instead of having a relationship with a higher power and being tied into doing the the will of that higher power being guided and directed by our higher power instead of that we were being guided and directed by ourselves and as a result we were like a roaring tornado uh, abusing nature abusing the natural process and causing damage all throughout the areas that we touched in our lives and so this process is about cleaning that up first of all by seeing it and that's the, first, that's the main thing that we're doing. We're listing, we're identifying, we're seeing the damage that we've done in people's lives. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Sharon R.S. Okay, is there anyone that would like to comment on this paragraph, this one paragraph? Star one to unmute.
Nobody. Carol G. Carol, please go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead, Carol. Thank you, Janice. All's quiet <laughs> in Vision View this morning. Good morning, everybody. It's Carol. Um, recovered. Thank you so much, my higher power, and thank you to the this big book study. I just hopped onto the meeting and found a space. Um, on our grudge list, yes, was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal uh, sex relations? Wow. This is me. This is me. This is where the rubber hits the road for me. Um, it's all about the instincts and this was one of the reasons why I was burnt up. This is one of the reasons why I was threatened. This is where everything affects me. Anything that's going to affect me is affecting me somehow in any of these areas. And I know they break them down for us into self-esteem and pride and our relationships and our personal ambitions, all those things. But what I've experienced is I couldn't have a relationship with anyone because I was too busy focusing on how much I weighed what I was wearing, what you were wearing, how I was speaking, how you were speaking, what they were thinking of me, what I wasn't thinking of me. Was this going to affect my personal ambitions? Was this going to affect the way I could conduct myself tomorrow? Would you expect something from me? Am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the correct thing? It was terrible. These instincts were just flying me and bouncing me all off, off the walls in all, all kinds of directions, and I couldn't relate to anybody. And this process has just calmed them down. Now, the process has calmed them down, but what really mattered was that the higher power came in and also just somehow put them in the right position because they were all out of sync because as a woman, I didn't feel right with myself most of the time. I felt as though I always had to do something to protect myself and to, to find out how I could be more secure. And what way could a compulsive overeater feel secure? To surround themselves with food. Gorge down on the food. The food's going to protect me. The food's my friend. And I've had to find a new friend. I've had to find a new friend. And it started with the fellowship. I met so many wonderful people. And then after that, they walked me through this process. And I found out that I had these instincts, which are basically, for me, survival instincts. And I would either be fighting you, flighting, which is running away, or freezing. And where I ended up in the end was... Um, so drunk on food, which was just frozen, frozen in time. And when I walked through this wonderful process, I found I'd been frozen in time since I was about five years old. <laughs> and I had the emotional, um, I, I had the emotional intellect of a five-year-old as well. And all that's been rewritten. All that's been changed now. And it's still happening. It's a wonderful process. And I'm going to take it again myself. So enjoy the meeting, everyone. And thank you. And I pass. Well, thank you so much, Carol. Anyone else would like to comment on this first paragraph? This is Bella Kimmel. Oh, Bella. Lisa yes. M. And then Lisa M. Mimi. And Mimi. Okay, let's go with those three. Bella, you're, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Our injuries. Wow, it's such a relief. It's such an acceptance. Thank you, God, that now I am in the program, and I can do the fourth step, and I can accept myself. Yes, I have, I have injuries. Uh, you know, before the program, 
it was terrible. I didn't know what to do with my feelings. I didn't know what to do with my resentment. I was a victim. Yes, I have resentment because of you, because of. I was a victim. Poor me. I have so many resentments, so I went into the food. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now I am in the program, and I accept myself. Yes, first of all, I have feelings, and I have resentment, and I have injuries. I am a human being. Now that I accept myself, I can accept others. First of all, I have to accept myself. I have to love myself to be able to accept others. First of all, yes, I accept myself that it's so normal that I have injuries. And then I can learn what to do with them. Then I can do the turnaround and to see what is my part to, to build all those resentments. But, you know, to, to, to be able to clean the house, I have to accept that the house is dirty. Yes, the house is dirty, but not because I am a bad girl, not because I, I don't think, because I am human. And now I have the tools to clean them. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Well, thank you, Bella. Lisa M., please. Your turn. Hi. Good morning, visionary. My name is Lisa. I am a compulsive overeater, and I live in Massachusetts. And um, first time I did this step, I got to this step, um, had to do it with a sponsor because, you know, I was very confused about this part of the this, this step. However, uh, I had new problems with my resentment. You know, I knew I had a lot of resentments. I hated everybody. I hated the world. I was really isolated, and I knew it was everybody's fault. Everything was bothering me. So, you know, I had a lot of resentment and a lot of, a lot of reasons for them. And actually, I found it kind of fun to actually write all this down and see, see, this is why I'm mad, this is why this, this is why that. But then when I had to write down the instinct and what they affected, where I really kind of got really confused and lost because I didn't ever take it that far. You know, I was really so out of touch with myself and out of the world and far, far away from my higher power. All these things that were gifts to me, I, I never even knew I had. And I think that's strange that sounds, but I didn't. So when I had to you know, think about how these resentments affected me, I really I really had to, you know, look it up in the dictionary and what these things meant so that I would understand them. And, you know, I really, it, it probably took me longer to do this than should have, but, you know, I, I really had never done anything like that before. You know, here I am 55 years old and I'm so out of touch with my health. It was just, you know, such a, uh, awesome experience to go through and um, I had to do it with a sponsor. No way I would have ever been able to do this on my own. So that's all I have to share and with that I pass. Well, thank you, Lisa M. Okay, Mimi, you're up. Please, your turn. 
Yes, good morning. This is Mimi. I'm recovering compulsive overeater. And I want to share that my sponsor had me look at my patterns of step four and how it affected which area. And the more areas it affected, the bigger my resentment was. It was fascinating to see. And it all made sense. It all made a lot more sense to see that when it affected more areas, especially the sexual one, the bigger the resentment was, the bigger the victimized thinking, the bigger the distorted beliefs about the world. And it was beautiful, a beautiful tool to see, to get a glimpse into analyzing and learning for the future what ticks, what makes me tick, and how it works. So I'm grateful for that, and I will pass. Well, thank you, Mimi. Is there anyone else that would like to comment on this uh, second, on this first paragraph on our grudge list? Okay. Um, Elizabeth Canada? Yeah, Elizabeth, go ahead. My name is Elizabeth S. in Western Canada. And uh, I know when I got to my fourth step, I was really, like I came up against the wall. I didn't really want to see that I had any resentments or any anger against anybody. I just wanted to paste a plastic smile on my face and pretend everything was all right with my world. And my sponsor really encouraged me to, to go through it that it would be better on the other side. And she gave me hope that if I would face all these things that um, and work through step four, five, and so on, that I would be in a better place. And that I had to overcome that resistance, but I couldn't have done it without the support of a, a very accepting sponsor. And for that, I'm very grateful to God for giving me that. So with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Elizabeth F. Anybody else would like to comment on this paragraph? I'd like to share, Janice. This is Vasa. Yes. Lonnie P. All right, let's have Vasa. And who? Lonnie? Yes, Lonnie P. Thank you. Okay, Lonnie P. Anybody else? Then we'll go on. Okay, Vasa. Oh, please, your turn. Thank you, Janice, for your service, and uh, good morning, everybody. And I'm Vasa O. Recover Compulsive Vida, calling from Florida. And uh, I, you know, again, you know, I did the first three steps, and I have really had a good abstinence. I lost the weight within six months, and I'm so grateful for that because that's what I came in the program. I just wanted that was the biggest problem to put the food down, and God gave me that gift. That was the first promise I got. And then my sponsor said, now it's time to move to step four. And I've done, you know, maybe three or four, fourth and fifth steps. The first one I had done by the big book was maybe, I did it one before I did the big book. And then I, then I did the big book. Now the first sponsor, I, I needed to find somebody else because um, she had, my first sponsor could guide me up to her level. And then I needed to move on and find somebody else. And that was, like, I, it took me about nine months to do the, the writing. And the, it took me about 20 hours to give it away. And we met, like, maybe three or four times. 
But she, you know, she guided me through. She, I remember her saying to me, you know, say your, you know, your third prayer before you do the writing and the set-aside prayer. And I put her telephone number right there in case if I needed her in emergency. And the first thing was the way it's laid out here, I'm resentful at. I, I didn't have as many resentments. I had a lot of fears, though. So the, I remember just writing the resentments first, you know. Before even I did the three columns on the first page, I remember writing all the people that I had resentments against. So maybe it was like maybe 20 or 25. So I'd say like the father, the mother, the brother, the teacher, way down. And then she said, go to the next page, and then, then we divided in three columns. You know, I'm resentful, i dead and the causes, what he did. I wrote down, you know, a list of many things, and then how it affected my life, you know. And I, it, it's all, it says, our graduates were set up opposite each name or interest. It was our self-esteem, our security, our ambition, our personal sex relations, which had been interfered. And I had, I mean, everything down on the, on the sex, you know, uh, everything had affected me, the pocketbook, the sex relations, relationships, um, self-esteem, pride, um, security, and all that stuff. And anyways, but I did not do the turnarounds till after I did the, uh, um, the resentful of the cause and the sex. And then she said to me, leave a couple pages, you know, for the uh, turnarounds. So, I, you know, again, there's many ways we do it, but I followed her direction, and that was the easiest way for me to do. So I'm just so grateful I did it. I'm not saying it was pain-free, it was, though it was painless, because um, I always would go to a meeting and I would hear other people how they did it and how grateful they were because they did finish the process. So I got a lot of support and a lot of encouragement to go through. So I'm just so grateful, again, you know, doing the steps the way they laid out. Uh, you know, it was not just about the food. That was wonderful. I felt Hi. really good. I'll just wrap it up. It was great to feel, you know, to be thin, to getting clothes that I wanted to get, but I needed to go beyond that, beyond the food. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa O. Your turn, Lonnie. Lonnie P. Good morning, everyone. This is Lonnie P., recovered compulsive overeater from South Florida. Um, wow. Uh, th- this paragraph really just, you know, reminds me of, you know, something that my big book guide had taught me, that this is the part of my fourth step where I'm digging up all my garbage. You know, I'm listing the who that I was resentful at. I'm listing the cause. And now I'm listing all the reasons where you hurt me. So to me right now, this part is that you, 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 me, me, me. You know, this is the part where I'm digging up all the garbage and all the more reason that when I'm doing this, I don't want to spend too much time here because I do want to get to the next part of this where I start turning it around. Because right now, you know, I'm in a very vulnerable state as I'm doing this part of my four-step because I'm digging up all, all of my hurts, 
you know, all the all the poison that I've been holding on to for however long, you know, and I get to see all of my hurts and my my damaged self, you know, all those things, you know, my my low self esteem, you know, my insecurities and, and you know my relationships and and how you know how this affects every aspect of my life, you know, so. I'm so grateful for how they, you know, laid this out in the big book and working the steps this way, you know, and I'm very grateful for the reminder that when I'm doing a four-step, you know, as we're, we're doing here, that, that I want to keep trudging forward. You know, I want to keep moving forward and not stay, you know, in this part for longer, longer than it takes to just get through this list you know, and move on to the next part of this. So thank you for letting me share, and with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Lonnie P. Okay, we're going to Hi. On. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Who's this? All right. Oh, this is Rachel H. from New York. I was wondering if I could share. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, Kim, Thanks. yes, please. Okay, great. Go ahead. Thanks. Rachel S., you're on. Rachel. Yes, I, I, Rachel. Maybe, yeah. Rachel, uh, I yeah, this is Rachel H., Recovering Compulsive Reader, calling from New York. Really grateful to be on this meeting and appreciating everyone's shares here. And um, when I when I first came into the room um, of OA and I heard people talking about the fourth step, I was petrified. I was like, yeah. you know, I'm here because I have a food and weight problem. I don't know what all this confession is about. I don't really know, like, why that's going to help me. I don't really want to revisit all that stuff. Um, and I think on a certain level, I, you know, I, I didn't I didn't put together that I wasn't just overeating a lot because of those resentments that were under there, but that I always felt like a bad person. Like, I just always felt like a bad person. And um, and it wasn't until I started doing a fourth step that I started to really uncover parts of that and be able to have the power that was given to me by my higher power to kind of reframe the way I looked at my childhood. Um, one thing I know for sure, like there were times I did a fourth step where the food wasn't down. And I think I thought like, okay, well, doing the fourth step, like that's going to be healing and then I'll stop eating. But what I didn't realize is that um, when I'm in the food, I I cannot access a lot of my emotions and a lot of my feelings, and I can't be honest. Like even doctors' opinion talks about the inability to say, tell the truth, you know, the truth and the false. Um, <clears throat> when I'm in the food and I'm under the effect of the food, I can't really be honest with myself because um, I'm in a state, a state of self-destruction. And what was interesting is that um, when I did a fourth step, um, absolutely, it, it didn't mean that it felt good because, like I said, you know, when you're always eating or when I was always eating, I was disconnected from feeling. So if I wasn't eating over things while I was doing a fourth step, I was experiencing emotion. But it's, we don't see the promise of neutrality with food until we get to the ninth step. So it's... It's not insane to, like, be doing a fourth step and be imagining food. But the thing I always reminded myself was that I am someone who never really could 
could function where I actually experienced feelings, I would just picture food. So instead of saying, oh, I'm sad, I would picture a peanut butter cup. So my feelings would wear candy wrappers. And what was amazing is with putting the food down and getting abstinent and working towards recovery, I was able to see that, um, and I was able to gratefully experience that I can be feeling a certain way and be, and just think to myself, oh, I'm sad right now. And there wouldn't be a peanut butter cup in the background. Um, so the fourth step, yeah, it's, a, it's an intense process, but we're not alone when we do it because we've established a relationship with a higher power. We have a dialogue, and we're just going into this cocoon to then emerge as a butterfly. That's really what it's about. And the wings, that's the promises. And going, doing the fourth step, we need to isolate a little bit. We need to do that work. But in the end, it's working towards something. And it's not just about thinness. It's about being able to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and not say, oh, you're disgusting and no one likes you. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Rachel. Kim, you're up. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. So we're in this fourth step. We've now talked about the first three columns, and we're going to be given an example afterwards. And, and I have to say, you know, it, what it affects, you know, my self-esteem, my security, they're just asking us to acknowledge that. They're not asking us to write about it, justify it, figure it out. Just did it affect that? And I think one of the issues we have in most and all 12-step programs is we complicate this process and we make it so cumbersome. You know, my experience is we either make the fourth step the boogeyman, we're hard, wait till you get to that fourth step, oh my God, wait till you get to that fourth step, or we make it the silver bullet. Oh, don't worry about it, the fourth step will take care of it. It's, it's just a part of this process. And we, we tend to make it so that people never want to do it or they're not fairly doing steps one, two, and three because they think the fourth step is that civil, civil, silver bullet. And I think that's so important because if we do steps one, two, and three, if we come to the conclusion we're powerless, if we come to the conclusion we need a power, if we make that decision, we're chomping at the bit to do this fourth step. And I have to agree um, with the person, I can't remember, I'm sorry, who shared it. We can't stay in this a long time. This is supposed to be a quick process. The longer we're in there, the more likely the mental twist is going to take us down. And I have to say my experience, this week, weekend I took two fifth steps, and I normally let my girls stay in there, you know, ten, seven to ten days is the longest. And because of having been away, they're both in it over two weeks. And I could feel, I could feel the difference. And one of them was emailing, and she said, I've got to get rid of this. I've got to get rid of this. She really saw that she was holding her breath underwater. And this experience of having them in there a couple weeks really just reinforced to me the fact that we cannot stay in there longer without eating. And I have to say, a lot of times I think the reason we don't want to do the fourth step is because we, we think we have to be in there for a year, year and a half. We think it takes, you know, you know uh, notebooks and, you know, buy a five-subject notebook because a one-subject notebook isn't going to be big enough for your fifth step. And as a sponsor, a lot of us don't want to do it because we, we, if someone's writing for like a year, a fourth step can take three days to take. I have to tell you, I took two fifth steps this weekend. They were both about an hour and a half. And I can tell you that one of the fifth step promises, we are delighted, I could feel the lightness in them. I could feel them lighten up as they got through that process, as they saw their patterns, as they saw their growth or handicaps. Sponsors don't want to take this test because we complicate what the sponsee is doing. And the way that the big book is laid out just to show you the urgency to get through this. 
is we do step four, and then on, on the day we get our fifth step, we take an hour, we do six and seven, and then that night we're making a list of who we harmed step eight. So all this time that we've been in this book, coming to the conclusion that we're powerless, coming to the conclusion we need power, coming to that decision to do the work, five, six, seven, and eight can all be done in one day. And the urgency that is there when we see those patterns is going to propel us forward. So I just wanted to let you guys know, got to get that, that foundation. But once you have that foundation, please understand, the longer you stay in your fourth step, the more likely it is that you're going to pick up because that mental twist is going to take you down. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Kim G. Okay, we're going to go on. Do. Do L, please. If you could read read the rest of the page. Good morning. This is Duel, uh, Recover Compulsive Overeater. We are usually as definite as this example. Um, and I'm going to read across. It says, I am resentful at Mr. Brown. The cause is attention to my wife. It affects my sex relations, my self-esteem, and fear. The other causes told my wife of my mistress. It also affected my sex relations, my self-esteem, and I bracketed along fear. It also affected um, Brown may get my job at the office. It affects my security, my self-esteem, and fear. I'm resentful at Mrs. Jones. She's, the cause is she's a nut job. She snubbed me. She committed her husband for drinking, and he's my friend, and she gossips. It affects my self-esteem, fear, personal relationships, self-esteem, and fear. I'm resentful at my employer because unreasonable, unjust, overbearing, threatens to fire me for drinking and padding the expense account. It affects my self-esteem, fear, security. I'm resentful at my wife. The, the cause misunderstands and nags, likes Brown, wants House to put in her name. It affects my pride, personal relation, personal sex relations, security, and fear. Uh, good morning. My name is Dee, and I am a recovered compulsive overreader. And I, I just read this across as like a fifth step, but in reality, um, the the big book is very clear. We do the columns going down. Um, we take column one. We list down all the 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 uh, we list down all the people, institutions, principles whom we were angry with, whom we were resentful towards. Then we go on to the second column and we list it down, um, not across but down. And we ask ourselves why we were angry, um, the cause, right? And, and if you notice in this example, it's not giving us an essay. We're not writing a book. We're not writing a story. We're just a just couple of points now just to hold our thought and hold our attention on this. And then what we're going to do is go on to column three. And then we're going to check off all the things that it affects us. It affects our self-esteem, our pocketbook. Um, meaning that it's going to affect our, our material, our social instincts, our personal relations, our sex instincts. So we're going to list those things down, and we're just going to check them off or write them write them down. It's just one word. Um, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. And and one of the things that I see in this in this first three columns is our distorted thinking, because here 
the only thing, if you look at the columns, this person is just blaming other people for his stuff. He's not taking responsibility for the fact that he's been a thief. He's not taking responsibility for the fact that um, he's, he's had extramarital affairs. He's not taking responsibility for the fact that he needs to be at home taking care of his, his, uh, his wife and his finances where he's probably putting up his, his house, you know, the, the wife has to put up the house up for mortgage because they can't even pay the mortgage. Um, and then if you see the third column, it's all about him, how it affects him. You don't see anywhere else where it affects the other person. So this here is just showing me here um, exactly how my thinking is distorted. You know, and when I take the time to go through this part of the inventory, it's going to show me over and over a pattern of my behavior. It's going to show me that it's all about me. I have never even thought of another person, another human being, what their interests are, what they're like. It's all about me, blame, 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 blame. And so this part of the inventory is very important because it's going to show me the pattern that I've always had in my life. And, um, and, and how it affects me, but more so why I've been in so self-will. And with that, I pass. Pardon me. Thank you, Hi, Charles H. Okay. Um, we'll have Charles H. Anybody else? Judy. Dwayne. Oh, we have Judy. And we have who else? Dwayne. How do you spell your name? Dwayne? D-W-Y-A-N-E. C Y N A Okay. Um Charles, Judy, and Okay. Charles, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, Janice, for your service. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles H. I will cover the visionaries just for today. I hear some uh, background noise, but you know what? That's probably my distorted head. <laughs> so yeah. Um I wanted to step on, you know, you know. Would uh, everybody um, please press star one to mute your phone? Somebody's chopping. They're getting their lunch ready. Or their yeah, breakfast. I'm, not, I'm not in the studio. I don't need a peek. Nope. <laughs> please. Um, <laughs> thank you, Charles. Thank you, Janice, for your service. So, you know, I wanted to I wanted to talk about, man, the, the changes in the fourth step is that, that fourth and fifth column, man. Like, what was my involvement? You know, it, it. You know, my spiritual sickness, um, along with my spiritual recovery, induced and and propelled me to make this 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 song that I recorded this weekend called a resentment wave ahead of time. I'm waving y'all off. Goodbye. I forgive you. You know, if you want to be free, forgive everybody that ever hurt you. Easy, easily said, hard to do. You go through this process every day, and you know what? I'm not inventing a wheel here. It's already done for us, so it's already laid out. Like, thank God, like, my God knows what I need ahead of time. You know, I try to spend a lot of time with my wife. I was resentful at my wife because sometimes I don't give her her space and I need my space. So thank God, right? But I love her ahead of time. She's mad because I couldn't take my, my son to school. I got to get to work on time. We don't, I don't get to work on time. We don't pay these bills. Remember when I was in the disease, I couldn't get out of the pools, it was, so I didn't have to worry about having a job. So just for today, you know, she was getting tight. You know, and the big book tells me, 
I always got tight at the right time. But today, you can't press my buttons, man. Those buttons, you press them, you got to keep putting your finger on the thing because the resentment wave, I, I forgive you ahead of time. You know, summertime, August 2015, I know I'm going to resent somebody. Somebody's going to offend me. I forgive you ahead of time. I'm free, liberated today. You can't touch me, enemy. And sometimes the enemy is my thoughts, that, that, that muscle between my ears. And you know what? Just for today, I got to get out of get out of jail free card. Resentment prayer. Resentment prayer. Resentment wave. Wave them all away. Wave them all away. It's over. You know, I'm free, liberated, spiritually fit just for today. Thank you for your service, and I'll pass. Well, thank you, Charles H. How about Judy? Your turn. Judy, press star one to unmute. Okay, hi, this is Judy. Um, I want to just talk about the fourth step in general. Um, sorry about that. Um, I just want to say something about the fourth step. I have a sponsor that I'm working with now and um, on the fourth step, and she and I are working on this fourth step, and it's going to take about three years. And my only regret is that it won't take longer. I'm just so sorry that I won't have a longer time with her. So I don't think there's any particular rule in how short or how long. If it works to do it in a day, great. If it works to do it in three years, that's great. I think the only rule we need that we have in this program is that you don't pick up the food. But how we do the program and um, what we bring to it, that's up to us. So I just want to, you know, just say that because... um, I, I, I don't judge myself that it's taking three years. It's, that's my sponsor's, uh, that's where she does it. And every day I wake up and I do a little bit more of it so that, um, so that I get even better at it and that hopefully one day I'm going to be able to do that for someone else because it is the most healing experience, one of the most healing experiences I've ever had in my life. So thank you. With that, I pass. Okay, thank you, Judy. We are commenting on the second paragraph on page 65. Uh, Dwayne, I want to hit you, your turn. Uh, this is Dwayne, a compulsive over ear from Missouri. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, that's okay. Uh, just wanted to share my experiences. I recall when my sponsor talked to me about this fourth step, two things in terms of resentment. One, I, I had these, what I call my secrets that I would take to my grave, that I, I just, that was the thing that was really blocking me because I felt that there were some things that I would not ever share. Uh, the second piece was that I was so unaware of myself, so when my sponsor talked about resentment, uh, I told him I didn't really have resentment uh, because basically the food was blocking any type of feeling, and so people would be, be resentment for me. They would say, wow, why aren't you upset about that which happened to you? And I would just say, I'm cool with that. But really, I I had all types of resentments. And I I really compare my resentments to uh, being on a crowded bus when that seat is taken by different individuals, whether it be the housewife, the student, the teacher. But as soon as someone's off that seat, someone else is in there. And so my mind was like that. But it really took me to put it on paper, you know, to list my resentments, and when I started doing it, it was like the floodgates were open. I mean, I had pages and pages and pages of resentments. And as uh, I believe Charles said, 
that fourth uh, uh, column really was the impactful one because opposed to just put my resentments down, I had to really talk about my role in that. And it made it very difficult in my mind because as much as I would try to take some part of my resentment, I couldn't. So then when I wrote my resentment down um, and my role in it, I found uh, kind of just a newfound freedom. And uh, the wonderful thing about this is that uh, I've taken my fourth step some time ago, and I recall uh, looking at my, my fourth step and looking at my, my resentment list, and not one of those resentments I'm resentful today. And I want to quickly talk about when I did my fears list. I had a lot of fears as well. And one of my major fears was uh, losing my mother. You know, that was one of the top of it. You know, I would lose my mother and I wouldn't be able to go on and that sort of thing. And going through that, that inventory, I, was, I found really solace in that notion. Well, my mother passed away in November, uh, well after I did my fourth step, and I did not fall apart. And I thank the program uh, for, in particular, this fourth step for able to enable me to clean myself up. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Blaine. Okay, this is Janice M. I'm just going to take a couple of minutes and give you my experience. Um, with this uh, this um, example, uh, my name is Janice M, and I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. You know, <laughs> I am a compulsive overeater, and I'm a very complicated person. So this is so simple that I think it's complicated. See, I don't know simplicity. I got to make it confusing. You know, I got to make it. You know, make it a thesis. Well, you see, it, it's very simple because the first column. This is what they're doing. They're giving us a definite, clearly defined example of how to do it and that's how this is how i do it but i think it's very important for a sponsor of course to be recovered so they she can give her experience how she did it you know and the way i did it is okay i do it column by column i we talk about resentments we talk about people we talk about people all they have to do my direction is Put a column, one column, list, L-I-S-T, one, two, three, whatever it is, mother, father, police officers, um, marriage, the institution of marriage, whatever it is. I mean, how long is it going to take you to do that? Then, you know, sometimes, no, not sometimes, but what I do is I put, put the ball in their court and say, how long do you think it's going to take? Now, if they say to me three, you know, whatever they say, and I say, no, I think you'll probably be, be ready in a week or three days, whatever it is. Okay, now I go, they're resentful at, I'm angry at these people, these, this institution. Now the cause, what does that mean, the cause? The cause is why, why I am so angry. What did they do to me? Now, I don't want it written out. I instruct them, okay, now you write another column, and you, and you just give me less than 19 words for each point on why you are angry. And this is where you vent. You don't have to be spiritually sound here. Just vent so then I can hear what, you know, what's going on with you. Point one, point two, point three. Then I go to the next person. Okay, Mrs. Jones, tell me why you're angry at her. You know, oh, she stole my thing. Oh, she, she went with my husband. Oh, there's all points. Very simple. 19 words or less. Then we come to the effects column, and that's what we've been talking about this morning, is our grudge list. We're going to see why we're angry. How did that affect me, myself? Because everything everybody does is against me anyway, or for me, or not enough. 
because I'm I was never satisfied. So we go through the instincts before you know I have them right. And like it was been said, it's all about self. Instincts are good, but as a compulsive overeater, I never had the right type. I never had enough of. You never gave me enough a praise. Uh, you know, I needed more money. Uh, you didn't give me enough love, which is my security instinct, my sex instinct. You know, I was afraid. Oh, I wouldn't get pregnant. Whatever it is, it's very simple. <laughs> and then you do the social instinct, and that's what we're talking about, social, self-esteem, pride, security, money, money. Um, I, I didn't feel safe because of what they did. That security, emotional security, ambitions. Life didn't go my way. You know, I didn't. I didn't expect to have a sick son. Poor me. Poor me. So that's all that is. One, two, and three. That's three columns. Columns. List. One, two, three. And um, it is simple. It really is. And of course, so we talk about it before we do it. All right. Does anybody else want to comment on this? Uh, particular example the fourth step Chrissy M Hi this is Judith in the UK Okay we have Chrissy M and then we have Judy in the Melissa UK Melissa C and Melissa C Anybody else Oh no I think that's good for now please cuz we have only yeah Chrissy M please go ahead Chrissy M compulsive oh recover compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. Are you ready for me? I am. Okay. Hi. Thank you, Janice. I am amazed when I look at how angry I was at something and how I set myself up to get hurt. That's the thing that this brought to light for me. And and what all of my preconceived notions about what life should be set me up to get hurt. Um, the institution of marriage. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, you know, I'm recently going through a divorce, and at post step four and recovery, I'm able to see my part in it and go through this with the grace of God, with no, very little anger and resentment, because I see what my expectations were and how they weren't fulfilled and how my thinking was wrong and how unrealistic I was. So in that way, this helps me. Once I, I know I extract as much information about myself as I can through this process, it helps me in the future not to set myself up to get hurt. And the, my whole belief system shifts to something that's more in keeping with what God wants for me and what's, what's realistic. That's all I have. Thank you. Well, thank you, Judy. I'm going to ask you to be about two minutes because I'm a little. We're a little late. Please go ahead. Hi, is hi, this is Judith from the UK. Yes. Hi. Go ahead, Judith. Judith from the UK. Or okay, thanks so much, Judith. Yes. Hi, um, Judith recovered in London, UK. And uh, thanks so much for everybody's share. It's really powerful, and very helpful. Um, I think what I, one thing that I got out of this particular piece is that. Um, I just wanted to step back slightly for a second. It told me in the big book, you know, you have to do this. It's vital, it's crucial, and you have to do it at once. And you have to take inventory, and it gives you an example of the business. And I like that because I was a businesswoman. And, you know, most businesses shut down for a day. They sometimes shut down for two. That's probably about 16 hours. 
to take inventory. Most businesses do not shut down for more than 16 hours to do inventory, otherwise they'll lose time. And I took that really seriously. And, um, you know, many years ago, I did a first call step. I did a, a really powerful one in a sense that it, it helped me look at my entire history of who I was and my mom and dad and all kinds of stuff. I did that in two programs. I answered 457 questions, and it took me forever. And then I ate again because it was just so long I couldn't stop myself. I didn't have any spiritual awakening, so how could I possibly stop eating? So, you know, this time, the last two times I've done it, but certainly this time, it told me, you know, spend this amount of time like a business, do it exactly as the book told me, and it was so simple this time that I was able to do one in seven hours. It's six hours one day, one hour the next day, inventory done, now let's talk to the sponsor, and actually tell her everything. And I did it just like you guys have been talking. First column, I'm resentful at all the things. They were crazy stuff. Like I was, you know, resentful at the French government. I'm saying, you know, resentful at the tax system, life, menopause, my sister in law, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And please, I don't have to go back to when I was a little baby child. I just got to do the stuff that bothers me today. What's the cause that I wrote all those down? What's the effect? What is it affecting in me? And then even though the big book in this particular example doesn't show you exactly, uh, but it does talk about it later on. It then wants us to go and have a look at, now what's my part about that? It might have affected me, but now what's my part? Am I being selfish or dishonest or self-seeking or frightened? You know, can I not see people's other, point of, other people's point of view? You know, do I not want the best for others? You know, do I hide things from people, blame people, gossip about them? You know, do I actually period of people, self-seeking? Do I just try to control everybody? Am I terrified of everything? So, you know, what they tell us in the effects might, eventually they're going to ask us later on in some, in some of the verbiage to really take a look at my part. And that was where the miracle happened. It's like, every time I've done it, I got something out of it. But these past two times, man, it showed me who I truly was. Like, really? I have no idea. I thought it was no problem. Thanks a lot for letting me share. Well, thank you so much. My, that's my fault because I went over. Melissa, perhaps next meeting you can um, share. Well, I want to thank everybody. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And now we will close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Susie Kay, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Susie Kay. Compulsive eater, recovered, and very grateful from Maine. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.